in five, four, three, two, one, go. We are not catfishing cornbread. This, this is, is catfishing, catfishing cornbread. Please move your phone and be quiet. We'll get through this thing. You'll be able to hear. Hello, everybody. Oh, good morning. Welcome. Good morning or good afternoon or late at night, whatever time you choose to listen. But for us, it's afternoon, right? Yeah, we're we're about 4.30, so... 429 to be exact. Oh, look at the clock again, buddy. I just watched it change. Okay, now we're at 4.30. (laughs) Oh... Um, we're coming to you today, uh, amidst what seems like day 894 of quarantine. Jeez, I know. Tell me about it. It's, uh, and listen, you all know that I love to be social and I live alone. And so I'm really having a hard time. Um, I, I, I should take that back. There are moments when it's quite challenging for me, uh, to be at home by myself. So I take a walk around the little block, um, the street where I live. Are you coming in contact of, with anybody? Are you are you social distancing? No, yes, I am practicing um, social distancing for the most part. So you know, if you're just looking for, no, I don't, I'm not asking to be invited to your home, but just think about me every now and then. <laughs> he can give you a list of everybody's been in with six feet of in the past uh, ten days. Yeah. Just, can you just reach out and say, you know, should I just check in on you? Want to make sure you're doing well? That's all I'm asking. Nothing more. Um, but I do like ice cream. If you want to drop some off. Hey, listen, we got a um, big reason to celebrate here. Big reason, real big reason to celebrate. Um, our pilot has just reached 201 official plays. Hey, hey! Once again, where to go? Right there. So that is a huge deal. Also, there was a um, situation where um, we made it over 100 plays in one scenario um, on which number, which was on number five, episode okay. number five. That's the big high five. All right. That's perfect. So to our viewers, I shouldn't say viewers. I probably should stop saying that. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Catfish and Cornbread. The Big High Five, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. I was talking to Clay about this. I'm not really sure what we discussed, but obviously it was a hot topic or hot topics taking place. So I want to say, we want to say thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening to us. It is... uh, if you can see my face right now, I am blushing, if that's a thing. Um, really, just simply because this started off as a small idea. Let's just do this. I wanted to do a podcast really kind of on my own. Clay had the same vision. I think he wanted to go a more comedic route. Uh, and you all know by now we're obviously completely different from a perspective standpoint on how we view things, which is fine because we're still great friends. Uh, and so we joined teams and we have actually 
uh, done well. And that's thanks to you, not anything to us. So a huge shout out. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners. We have people who listen literally. I have a friend who told me today that he actually subscribes. So I guess he gets a notification whenever we post something. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Is there a way you can subscribe on Apple Podcast and all mm-hmm. that stuff? Um, and I've seen it. Um, and so anybody I show where it's at, I always subscribe. And I don't know if it sends them a email or not. But yeah, I, I, when we Apple did Apple and Google, they're not the same thing, though, are they? Well, they could be. They might as well be. What do you mean? Like, are they the same? They're not the same thing. Like, there are Google products and Apple products, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're okay, two different so companies. I, so like Coke sure, and Pepsi. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, the point I that mean, I was making is this. If it's anything like Google, and I'm sure it is, then they probably get a notification off of things that, from things that they are subscribing to. So oh, yeah. whenever we post our podcast, if you're listening to to it via Apple Podcasts, and you probably get a notification. So thank you for subscribing. We greatly appreciate it. Um, so that's wonderful news, ladies and gentlemen. We love it. We love it. And you know what else we would love even more? Emailing us. And that that has picked up. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, so I, was... I appreciate the emails that are coming through. I got a riddle today, which I haven't even looked at. Um, but I realized <laughs> but I did see it. Did I it start just... riddle me this, riddle me that? No, it actually said ugly, a.k.a. dad, and you're welcome, Coach Brown. And then I think it has something to do with there's a person with a nose, five mouths, and something else. Oh, you talking about, yeah. You know the culprit, <laughs> huh? Yeah. That was my son. My son sent that. So that was a we real. have a standing joke that we use. It's like a, you know, maybe maybe we do a little too much comedy, but my daughter, I guess there was somebody on TV who um what as the puppet. What do you call that when you speak but you don't you don't move your mouth? Ventriloquist. Yes. Somebody like I guess whatever, you know, they did like the puppet thing on one of those on America's Got Talent. Okay. He's actually very amazing, by yeah. the way. Well, this was a little girl that did it back. Well, no, I think, yeah, I'm sorry. You know what? She's good, too. I've yeah. seen her. All right. So, so uh, I don't know if Kylie's seen that or somebody at school was talking about that. But when she was, when we were up in Spartanburg, she decided that she wanted to become a ventriloquist. And so we were like, okay, well, um, you know, you can take maybe your Christmas money or something you give and get and we'll buy you a ventriloquist doll. So she got one. And at they had a thing they called Coffee House, which was a very great thing. If you made... There's all these scenarios, like, and you would, they promoted you. You started off as, uh, like, what they call citizen. And after you'd done X amount of things, you would get promoted to, like, board member. And after you'd done X amount of things from that, you got promoted to mayor. And, and you know, like, so every year they would have these kids progressing through. And as they met these qualifications or whatever they were, their teachers could, you know, uh, put them in the next category or whatever. Okay. So when you made it to mayor or whatever – then you were able to, you got recognized at Coffee House, and they did Coffee House once a month. And during your recognition at Coffee House, they also had a talent show, and you could sign up. They had like five spots, and like kids could sign up. And they would do like, um, they would do like, I mean, it would be, they, they do all kinds of stuff. They did like, a lot. they would tell jokes. They would do like a choreographed dance. Somebody would sing. 
you know, and they just kind of express that his kids' talent. So, like, one Friday a month, we go, you know, they'd have coffee house, and if you, we'd get off work usually if Kylie was performing. Um, but so she did her ventriloquist act. And I'm not sure which one of them come up with this joke or read this joke. I'm, I don't know if they figured it out. But the joke, and, and, and it killed. Let me tell you something. It killed at the coffee house. In the um, ventriloquist act, it was, uh, I have, like, five eyes, four noses, and 13 miles. Yeah. What am I? And Kylie was talking back and forth with the public, with the, with the public, with the puppet, and um, the little ventriloquist, the, the little puppet said, ugly. I like that right there. That was the answer to the joke. <laughs> and it killed in the coffee house. I mean, the kids went nuts, man. Um, that is a funny joke. Yeah. So so she did that. That was her first kind of uh, stand-up routine, which, I mean, like I said, she did awesome. She got up there and she she couldn't. So, like, the dynamic of having to speak with a microphone was new to her. So she, like, the first half sentence, she couldn't got, she couldn't, you couldn't hear. Right. And then she leaned in and she figured all that out. And then people could hear. And, I mean, she killed at the coffee house. She had, like, two or three things lined up like that. And um, she just went down the pipe, and, I mean, she smoked it in Great front of all job, those kids. You know? But anyway, so I think Clay, he told me today, he was all excited. We went uh, we, uh, we, we went down to a, the lake now here. We're going to go and check and see if nobody's out on the dock, and if nobody's out on the little, uh, you oh. know, little public area, which I don't know a lot of people are going out right now, but we, we'll go out there and we'll magnet fish or I don't, just I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the state of South Carolina, I think all water activities are closed, right? Um, boat, but maybe boat ramps. Public public access, I okay. think, is closed, but this is All not right. public. Uh, right. Well, it's a public area, but it's not a public park, and I think the public parks are closed, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I could be wrong. It got, could have changed. Uh, but there, there was no do not enter sign or nothing blocking. You know, usually if they're going to do that, they'll barricade, at least let right. you know park is closed. The sign that says it's open from, from sun up, sundown still. Uh, okay. Um, I just don't so want to try to get in trouble. That's yeah, all. Well, I, yeah, I understand. But we went out there, and so uh, when we were coming back, he said, hey, um, he just kind of asked me out of the blue. He's like, "Hey, did you check the email on that podcast yet?" And I was like, <laughs> and "I was like, that goes to Coach Brown." And I was like, "Why, why, why?" And you could tell he said, "Cause I sent an email." He did. So I think what he said is he asked that same joke, but the answer was, uh, "My big ugly daddy." Was what he was well, saying. He didn't put the answer, but oh, that's I, how he addressed. Yeah, I think he was addressing the two of us and referred to you as ugly. Because it, the word ugly is followed by AKA dad. Oh yeah, that's what so, he was doing. So he's trying to call me ugly. Yeah. So he'll listen and he'll get a kick out of that. Thank um, you. But yeah, just to kind of highlight on something you said earlier, the, um, I mean, when we started this podcast, I really thought that like, I thought like a landmark would be getting a hundred listens. Like um, I had no idea um, that it would do as well as it's done, uh, considering that we don't really. Um, I mean, I guess we do we do a little bit of work, but it, it's it's uh, spend a little bit of money, but it's relatively, you know, we don't we don't do a lot of production work or a lot of research. Uh, we kind of just get up here and, and map out what we're going to talk about. But we're sitting at just under nine hundred total plays at this point. Um, I never also thought we would ever get to twelve or thirteen episodes, which I think as we speak now we're filming or we're recording the thirteenth episode. Yes, this is the thirteenth. So. Um, Unlucky number 13, I guess. Is that the way we want to look at that or not? Sure, yeah. Lucky number 13. 13, lucky. 13 is my very best friend's favorite number. So, Matt, shout out to you. This is the 13th episode, which I'm sure 
he hasn't listened to. And I got a I got a text today from a buddy of mine who was a good friend of mine in college, um, who sent me a picture of it and said, "Hey man, thanks for the laughs. This is really good. Uh, looking forward to many more." Um, me and him used to pick guitars together, and I mean, like, uh, he's a, he's one of the best magi- musicians uh, I've ever had, you know, the pleasure to know or listen to. Um, and he's listening, so he's got word of it. So that's good. Well, yeah. does your friend have a name? Like, you don't want a name. Yeah, Mother Goose. Mother Goose. John Mother, Adams. Mother Goose. John Quincy Adams. His name's not Quincy. Oh, but, I was, wasn't that uh, president? Yeah. No, he said, when he come, when, when I met him the first time, it was like John Adams. I was like, John Quincy. Um, and and I, I think he actually made a joke or something. He's like, you can call me Goose. And so, uh, but it just kind of stuck. So I'll, everybody always called him Goose when we were in college. Mother Goose. All right. Well, Mother Goose. Yeah. Thank you for listening with your pseudo name. And Mother names. Goose. And, and Goose, I guarantee you can still play a guitar uh, that would shock most of the world. All right. Um, well, Goose, let's put you on America's Got Talent. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's doing anything with that now or not. Very artistic. Very cool, dude. Well, thank you for listening. Yep. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, that, that, all that stuff's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to me that, that, that people will put that much time into it and we'll have that many listeners. Thank you so much. That's, that's one of the things that I've learned real quickly is uh, – I listened to myself. I told you this earlier. I listened to, I don't even like listening to episodes anymore, but I did listen to last week's episode. Um, and I don't know, you might be the type that likes listening to yourself talk, but I don't uh, actually, I can't stand it. So, but dude, I felt like I sounded like the biggest babbling idiot on the last one. Um, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. It's like, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> every time okay, I'll like, start talking, I say, ugh, ugh, well, ugh. it is what it is. I, actually, I, I, in all honesty, Maybe I've only listened to, I went back to listen to maybe two episodes. And one of the two is the very first one I thought was absolutely gosh awful. Oh, that's bad. And then the other one was uh, maybe the sixth or seventh. I thought it was pretty good. Just watching the transformation. Yeah, there's no doubt. We're, uh, we get better at it as we go. Right. So um, that's what I've enjoyed. But no, I actually do not enjoy listening to myself speak, contrary to your belief of that i said i don't know but i do like to talk though i'll never take that away so if you want a good conversation i'd love to listen and give you some feedback you just let me know you can shoot me an email at catfishingcornbread 34 at gmail.com yeah and shoot us uh shoot us an email though one of the things that i wanted to share with you because i read this i read this today i was getting ready to fuss at you so i'm glad you said something yeah um it says Washington State Patrol. Oh, gosh. Here we go, people. Said a man refused to, to stop twice, then hit two cars before leading, on them, leading them on a 109 high speed, 109 mile, mile per hour high speed chase. Uh, like refuse to stop at a stop sign or a stoplight? No, for, the, po- for, for the traffic. For, for, for the, like the pullover. Yeah, for the, for the pokey. For the, for uh, the man. He wouldn't is, stop for Is them. weed legal in Washington? I don't know. Listen, those gets better. Um. The driver also took the car on Centennial Trail, which is for pedestrians and bicycles. Normally, it's filled with people using the trail, but there wasn't any on it at the time. But when the police caught up to the car, they found a pit bull in the driver's seat while, huh? the, while, while the man steered the car. The man said he was trying to teach his dog How to drive. drive. You know why? Have you seen the commercial? Wait, maybe it's not a commercial. A meme, I think it is. Uh, and it's... No, I shouldn't say it's poking fun of the coronavirus, but it's just taking into account the effect it has had on our country and world. And so instead of people, since we are quarantined to our homes, 
uh, this meme was like sending my dog out to the store and the dog's in the driver's seat, like literally driving a car. So I'm sure this. That man was going to try to teach his dog how to drive. Yes, there are some crazy people out here. What's awesome, though, is like, you remember when you learned how to drive? Yes. I want you to think about it from that dog's perspective. Because the first time I don't you went know out, if I can do that. yeah, you can. Come on, just think about it from the a first, dog's perspective. From the first, yeah, because you've you've experienced the first time you drive. Now, hear me out. The first time you went out and drive, imagine like that experience. Because the dog's not going to get locked up, right? So the first the time, dog pound. the first, <laughs> the first time that dog <laughs> that drove, that was a good one. That was a good one. The first time that dog drove, he got to drive 109 miles per hour. On a pedestrian trail running from the cops, man. It's got to all be downhill from here, right? I mean, how do you top that? Uh, well. <laughs> I mean, seriously, no consequences. He's probably going to get adopted, get milk bones every day, have a soft little bed. Maybe. Sure. What happens to the human? Uh, the human got charged with DUI. <laughs> of course. There, so, I knew there was something going on there. Yeah, got charged. Got charged with DUI. Moral of story: Do not try to teach your dog how to drive. Or if know, you're gonna, if you're I'm, gonna, maybe you should choose like a safer breed, maybe, like not pit bull. Not don't pit go bull. with the 109 mile an hour yeah. driving dog. Go with like a a, a, a cockapoo. Is or, that a type of dog? Or a golden retriever? <laughs> yeah, a golden retriever. It stays in. But a golden retriever buckles up for it drives. Do you know what though? Bye bye. <laughs> Like, if you're gonna teach your dog how to drive, I do think you have to be mindful what kind of dog you have because you know, a pit bull you're gonna get pulled over. Yeah, absolutely stereotyped. Yeah, racial profiling. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. he right have never, that's exactly right. There's a he should have never picked a pit bull. If if he would have picked a husky, he'd have never been pulled over. That's you what are, I'm saying. Yes, or a lab. Yeah, or a, or a uh, a golden lab. Yes, a golden lab. See, rude. Here we go. We're going to change the subject not, here. Not the chocolate lab. Not the, the golden lab. lab. Okay. <laughs> now, that was a good joke. I have on sunglasses today, so I'm glad he can't see my face. <laughs> or my eyes, rather. He does have on sunglasses within my house. I, I told him we almost got to 1,000 views, and all of a sudden, he's a guy that wears sunglasses indoors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a celebrity, you know? You don't know who's going to come up here. We're going to have these guests. I just, you know. Yep. Well, gotta stay in character. Absolutely. So uh, you were talking about email earlier, and I think we got a good email. Yes, um, we did. We got a really great, good email. And we've had wonderful emails. Actually, we got an email about a recipe from Cheryl Smith. Oh, hey, hey. And I sent her back uh, information on how to make a quesadilla burger. Did you? I did. Yes. So send us emails. I love responding to emails. I love reading them. So... This email is from a great friend of mine, Chip Snelling. So, Chip, thank you for taking time out of your work day. He's considered, I'm pretty sure he's considered essential worker right now. So, he's listening while he's at work. Speaking of listening while they're at work, um, gosh, my mind. Oh, Brooks Valder. Yeah, Brooks. He sent me a message today. Says that he listens on while he while he's driving his route with Coca Cola. Yeah, somebody showed me. Um, um, he made a so awesome. Great. Yeah, he made an awesome Facebook post. What it's was like, it? Um, it's like, hey man, I don't know what you guys are doing, but there's no sports to talk about on sports radio. So give these guys a shot. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I have to go and look at it. Yeah, I forget. That's uh, great. I think Amber showed it to me, but so Chip, thank you, Chip. Chip says, fellas, got some got something sports related. Do you think? that the new age of social media has changed the way sports are played 
by kids only watching highlight tapes and flashy plays. Do kids, students, players feel more entitled than ever before without grit? That's a great word. I know, and he writes a personal statement here. He says, I know it's my time as a high school athlete. I was fortunate enough to play varsity, to play varsity as a freshman. He means varsity basketball, by the way. Um, but had a certain role throughout my career and never had the all-region stats or accolades, but learned life lessons. Seems the softness of this current oh, sorry, youth has gotten out of hand. And he ends with, keep up the good work, enjoying the podcast more and more. If you ever need a, a guest, I'll definitely come on. Thanks. In quotation. Yeah, I think that... Um I'll be honest with you. I think that's uh, definitely, I think that's accurate of not just, and this, I I would say it this way. And again, you get hit with a question like this and I want to make sure I'm careful, but I don't think it's just children who've become softer. Um, I think it's from top down. Um, so you like, think it's the parents too? Well, I think it's every, I think everybody's gotten softer and because, and we've gotten softer in our luxury. Um, and, um, so as far as the softness question, I think there's no doubt. I think parents don't parent the way they used to. And now some of that's very good. All right. Cause you know, used to see somebody get whipped in Walmart and it was funny. Right. Uh, well, yeah, now you see it. They're calling DSS. Yeah. Now they're calling DSS. Or- now I'm not for child abuse. I don't want anybody, you yeah. know, send you email if you don't like, you know, that I'm not for child abuse, but I also am for discipline. Okay. Of children. And working with many children, you can tell very quickly a lot of times in kids that uh, have had their butt tore up because, yeah, and so it's not that hard. And you can also tell kids who, and I think that's actually one of the, hopefully my strength is like as a teacher, one of my strengths, um, I would hope, is being able to recognize that kid because sometimes a kid is disrespectful to you. Because that's what happens at home. You know, that's the environment they're used to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had to learn early on that not not everybody understands the world the way I do. Right. So when I say something to them and I say, wait a minute, hold on, you understand this, correct? And I've had kids look at me and say, no, I don't understand that. And I say, okay, well, let me explain it to you, and we're going to teach you, and we're going to move on. Um, but I think as far as the softness, there's absolutely no doubt uh, that that our world is becoming softer. Um I, I, that's a, that's a blessing and a curse. Um, and I think navigating that is very important. Um, especially with children because you want them, you you know, one of the people that I like listen to says you cannot, you cannot defend children for their entire lives. If things work out the way they're supposed to, the only thing you can do is prepare them. Um, and I, I think we've, I think there, and I'll be honest, I think just through my kind of anecdotal evidence of what I see, there's too many parents who try to de- who try to defend their kids, and we talk about this all the time. Like that's one of the things that sports put in the way to do is put to put it's made to put that kid in adverse situations. That way, they have to respond. Um, and so I, I would I would 100 percent agree that softness. And I love the point that he talks about, um, or asking the question, "Do you think it's like the social media age?" Because there is no doubt. And I've watched that like kids nowadays, like. Um, and I noticed it when I started coaching at uh, Spartanburg in football. Like, kids would have a hard time. Um, like, they would rather see 
somebody get juked out of their socks, mm-hmm. all right, then somebody gain a first down um, by putting their head down. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And we would run tackling drills, and sometimes we would have to say, guys, listen, just get the ball and run that way. Like, don't – because, like, it would turn into a – like, trying to highlight YouTube video, and then something will happen, and it's, ah, oh, you know, it's like this. Just like you're watching something on YouTube or, or, or somebody hitting a half-court shot or somebody, you know, doing the amazing basketball move and then the court storms, you know, um, and all that stuff. And it's – in my opinion, what it's done is it's, it's made kids scared to be the other guy. And so – oh. It's it's eliminated competition. Kids are so mm-hmm. scared that they're going to be the guy that got crossed over, the guy that missed the tackle. That what they do because they they're so scared that they're going to be that other guy that ends up on uh, whatever. Or they just don't want to be talked about at school the next yeah, day. Yeah, or whatever. And so it's like it's like a it's like a such a big deal. And I've had to and I, I you know and so when you're high level athletes, that's never there. Um, like they want to compete. Right. All right. In my in my experience, and and in your and but but in your in your mid level athletes or your kids that could be that are working to be great, sometimes you'll run into that, and it's something that I have found myself having to say is like, guys, we play a you know when I say we, I'm talking about football, right. we play a violent sport, okay. In that violent sport, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail, but in both situations you've got to be tough enough to get back up, and so. If you're not playing, if you're the hammer all the time in the game of football, you're not playing against good enough competition. And if you're the nail all the time, you better be tough. Um, but that's what I've had. I mean, I've had to tell kids, it's not if you if you can cross everybody up and everything's a highlight video for you, it's not playing a good enough competition. If you're playing a game and you don't get knocked down, then you're not competing. All right. And so uh, that's one of the things that I mean, I don't know if it makes any sense or whatever, but one of the things that I try to do is 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 just that's one of my favorite words. I coached eight hundred basketball with my sons this year, probably the last time I ever do it. But um, Only because he's eight, you'll be coaching. No, I don't know. It's year. not for me, man. It's not for me. But <laughs> but um, I may end up doing. It. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying. But one of my favorite words was compete. Don't worry about all this. So just compete. And I, and I think those kids were able to do that. They you know at first you know we'd have how huh. Eight and under basketball, you're. I mean, I I'm not going to say anything that's not that's shocking to you, but compete, y'all. Y'all have these rules that yeah. doesn't allow for competition. Hey, let me tell you something. When they so figured it out, when the ball got in the lane on against my team, oh, a referee better call a foul because it's about it. We compete. We tried to get the ball. I said, listen, guys, it's very simple. They don't let us play defense anywhere else. So when the ball comes in here, it's ours. You go after the basketball. When the ball is shot, it is ours. You go after the basketball. Okay. And early on, so early on, um, you know, I think I think we got better at competing because they started to understand, look, I can go get this. And then, like, sometimes we'd knock a kid down, and they'd call a foul. And I'm like, hey, man, that happens. Get back. You know what I mean? You know, and so, you know like that. But you compete. You go after it. You give it everything you got until somebody tells you to stop. Now, I agree with you on the whole rules thing, and that's a whole separate podcast within itself. Um, but well, I'm glad you clarified because I was thinking yeah, like, but like the, the two things are, if the ball gets in the lane, it's ours. And if it's shot, it's ours. I don't care who shoots it. They shoot it. We shoot it. It's ours. And we go get it and we compete to get it. And we compete to the edge of the rule. And even if we break the rule sometimes, so be it. Yeah. All right. And, and, and my theory was, I, I don't understand what people don't understand about rules. I don't, there's no way to limit 
like, how would I say this? You can only do so many things, but no matter what, no matter the situation, right? The, you're only going to be able to do The play at first base is always going to be a bang-bang play when it's hit to the shortstop. Does that make sense? When the yes. guy hits it, he's either going to be out or safe by inches because competition makes it that way. Right. The kid's going to either get a little bit faster to outrun the throw or the shortstop arm is going to get a little bit stronger to get it there. And you can see that in when you as you as you uh, graduate. That's the reason why I don't know. Like um, I've always had that concern uh, with – and I know some of those guys listen, and they're great guys. Um, but I've always had that concern with trying to create rules – that damper athleticism or basic skills of the game? Well, I think that goes back to what you were alluding to earlier, and it is the concept of let everyone play and get a trophy. Yeah, we're softer. Yeah, exactly. um, Let's compete, and Mm -hmm. you got to get better if you want to be out here. Yes, exactly Um, right. And and I'm not a – you know, I love recreational sports. I'm not saying that, but – I think you're right when you said it starts from the top because if and I have to be mindful and careful of the things that I say because I don't have kids of my own but I see this from coaching and just watching athletics like parents some some parents they don't even care if you win or lose they just want to make sure their child got in yeah they don't their child could be the worst as long as they got a little bit of playing time and I think that you're right that trickles over and down, and it's why it's part of it's definitely part of the reason why all these rules have been implemented. Now, yeah. from a recreational standpoint, you're paying a fee, so yes, you should play. But at the same time, I also think that you should be teaching the child the proper way to play the game. Yeah, and, no, I agree, and that's what I don't know. Again, it really stems from people getting softer. I mean, I believe that I have a whole group of people, and because you have softer parents who you know their kid has to play, you know, I mean. I remember my my ninth grade year playing JV basketball. I didn't start, uh, which I thought was a travesty, of course, because um, I felt like I was better than a kid that started in front of me. But um, I'd come home and I'd say, I don't know why I'm starting. And my mom said, Hey, you got to make you got to make it hurt more for you to be on the bench. And that was her. And I and I look at that and I'm like, Well, good gracious. And um, I think about that and that lesson. And later on, I had to have knee surgery. And we had a coaching change when I had my knee surgery in college, and so. Um, I actually came back three weeks after a scope knee because I was worried about losing my scholarship because we had a coaching change. So I started in the spring, um, and because we had a coaching change and things were a little bit good, and nobody really cared right. that much back then. If you could go, they'd let you go. Um, but I didn't. I didn't. I, I'd lost my starting spot just in the coaching change. Um, now I attribute that to me being white um, and the guy in front of me being black in both scenarios. Just so you know, maybe he was just bigger, faster, stronger, uh, and better. No. Nah. No, no, no. We'll Not never, we will never know. No, so no. Oh, we know. No, you oh, no, know. No, it's documented. <laughs> no, it's documented. He, he never was a Christian College All-American. He didn't catch one-tenth the balls I caught. Okay. Didn't have any of his yards. Well, maybe they didn't throw him the ball because and, he was black. Yeah, maybe, that's what it was. Because and, he took and, your spot. And, no, I, mean, I, took, I, took his, I took my spot back very shortly after that. And they that. threw you the ball back, right? Huh? They threw the ball back to you, right? Yeah, they threw it to him when he got it, too. No, I don't know about that because you didn't say that. That part is not documented. I'm just saying. But let's just carry on here. God, that was a very conceited moment. I miss those days when I could play that well, but they was long gone. Unlike you, you think you can still D up Jordan uh, in his prime. I can, and Jordan won't come see me because yeah. he knows. Yeah. I'll rip him up. The um, 
But anyway, so I think about that day, and I remember, and I, I asked the coach because was, it, was, it was so shocked to me because, like, I had come in. I had started as a freshman. This was going into my junior season. I had started for two years at this point. Um, I think I ended up starting like six games or, or five games as a freshman. Um, and we, now, let me, let, me, let me be 100% honest with you. My freshman and sophomore years, we were the worst football team in America, uh, probably by far. Um, but um, I had started for two years, and I came in, and a guy who had been playing behind me the entire last year um, on the depth chart took my spot. And, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys, I don't know. I mean, like, how does that happen? Um, but anyway, I think about that, and I say, okay, well, you know, and, I, and uh, I'll never forget the coach. He said, I said, I, I went and talked to him, and I said, hey. And um, he said, um, I said, hey, man, what, what's the plan? Why, why am, you know, why am I behind, you know, so, in, in this situation? Right. What are, you, are you planning on moving me to a different spot or whatever? Are you going to move him? And he said, he said, no, we want two really good guys at that position. And we feel like you're the second best right now. And I look back at him and I said, okay, I appreciate that. And, I'm, and now I'm going to spend the next three weeks proving you wrong. And he looked back at me and he said, I hope so. And a week and a half later, I was back in the first spot. But I had been taught that what you do is you go prove them wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't sit there and you don't bitch and moan and whine and complain about it. You don't, you don't sit here and say, well, I'm better than him, therefore I'm not going to go. You don't take your ball and go home. I had been taught that what you do is you go, you make them learn. You, you, you show them. That's what you have to do. That's you what the world's what? about. I, I can attest to that because I wasn't in a similar situation, but the the lesson was the same. I actually got cut um, in eighth grade from basketball, and I was livid because in seventh grade, you made the team based on how well you can play the game. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they ranked you. They didn't put it in alphabetical order or if they posted it, they posted it the best was first. And I was the second one on the team, which I kind of had an idea that I would be the second one. Um, you really but, had an idea you were going to be the second one? Yeah. That's the I, first time I've ever heard you say Well, that. because the person who was first, he shouldn't have been in our grade anyway. So he was bigger, faster, stronger. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, my eighth grade year, we had a coaching change. Um, and for a long time, I really resented this particular coach. Now I love him to death to this day. Um, and he cut me. And I remember one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. There were probably about 60 boys trying out for this eighth grade basketball team at my middle school. And he made me play this guy who had transferred in, who was a good basketball player too. Um, he made me play him in front of everyone in the tryout one-on-one. And he said, if, if you beat him – you will make the team. Well, in middle school, I'll tell you, some three of the worst years of my life, definitely not confident at all. I was always athletic, but just it wasn't. Middle school was terrible for me. I lost the game, um, and I just remember being so defeated. And my mom said to me, um, and she wasn't a, a parent who would go, like, talk to the coach. Like, she wasn't sending him an email. She wasn't requesting a conference. She wasn't doing any of those things. Yeah. She said to me, if basketball is what you love, and it's, if, if it's what you love to do, then you will fix this. That's exactly right. And that summer, when I tell you I came back my ninth grade year, I was a starter. Yeah. And I, and you know, the rest of the story is history. I'm an excellent basketball player. But I, the point is, is that we don't, I don't feel like 
those parents or very few of those parents exist today. Those parents that exist today that are in that category still email the coach and they say something like this. They say something like, um, we totally respect your decision, but we just want to understand why where we can explain it to our kid. That, that, that's, that's how that's dropped. Where the parent used to say, I mean, I don't, they would never have that conversation with a coach about their decision. Now they want to know why, where they can help their kid cope through it. I'm not saying that's wrong by any means. I'm not condemning anybody who's ever done that. But I am saying, like I've said many times before, it's okay. It's okay for that kid to experience a little bit of fear. You cannot defend that kid. You can only prepare them. Um, and so, I don't know. Well, and when you don't prepare them, because I try to look at the big picture of that. Like, sure, you want to talk to Coach Brown about X, Y, and Z, playing time, lack of playing time, disciplining them at practice for being late, whatever the case may be. You know, it is what it is. The big picture for me is your child is going to be an adult one day. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to be there. You can't call the employer and say, my child was late because of me or because I was on the phone with them. Whatever or the why, why didn't he get the promotion? Yes. Like, you, you can't do that. And so I try to help my athletes understand those same things. But it just, you know, it's – I feel like I'm fighting a losing battle because I don't have – kids is that cat behind me is that why you're looking no oh i don't think so okay well because it is up here though but is it really the um but yeah I, I think that i think that definitely um the youtube generation of kids being embarrassed um and 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 the individual and that's one of the reasons why i'm anti-social media all right is because it it is the glorification of self and sure. everything that we teach in 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 team dynamics, and, and don't get me wrong, I understand. Again, email if you want to complain about it, but I understand that people stay in touch with people, and this is how they communicate. And two people are making a conscious transaction to send uh, messages back and forth. It's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't have the right to do it, but I'm saying you have to be very careful with that stuff because it is the glorification of self. And in sports, that is the antithesis of what is trying to be taught. It is the promotion of what the what what I can do to serve others in the team. And um, that's one of the reasons why um, the NBA or even NFL football or all that stuff, when it becomes a business, it worries me to death because it's um, this is what you deal with. You know, you deal with the glorification of self and guys who feel like they don't need to practice or guys that feel like they shouldn't show up for minicamp. Um, or guys who think because they're on the team that they're bound to be a college athlete. Oh yeah, in high school level, no doubt. And and, and like and you guys, if you girls, yeah, sorry. If you if you if you um if you have ever sit and listened to a kid like who says things like, hmm, um, you say okay, they say, look, I want to play college. Let's just pick a sport. I'm gonna pick a sport to me or you neither coach now, just to make it simple, because I don't want anybody to think we're taking talking specifically about them. But I'm going to pick baseball. Um, so let's say we're coaching baseball. And you'll have a kid come up. And it's like, and this kid's um, a 6 out of 10. And they say going into their summer, I want to play college um, baseball. And you say, okay, well, well, where do you want to play? And the kid says, well, I want to play at uh, University of South Carolina. Um, yeah, Clemson, uh, Miami or LSU, 
And you know this kid's going to struggle to make the third team at a Division II college. You realize all of a sudden that somebody's been lying to this child for a long time or something. And, I mean, when you sit and have one of those conversations, it is so eye-opening to what the email was rep- was talking about. I mean, you have kids who are not even that they're, – they're not even like all-region caliber at the 3A level. Or even at the five A level, but but they literally or one A, yeah, they literally believe that they should be playing for the University of Alabama, and that's where I think this becomes a huge problem, because all we've set, all we've done is set the 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 therapist up for a lot of billable hours by teaching this kid they're that great, you know what I mean? Instead of teaching them the core things like, hey man, sometimes you know, sometimes you're not the guy that gets to shoot every time. Uh, sometimes you're the guy that's got to guard that guy and keep him from scoring. And you don't get to do much else, but you guard him and keep him from scoring. And if you can do that, then you, we'll, we'll be able to win. If you can't do that, then we won't be able to win. And when you teach kids that lesson, that's way more important Extremely. Uh, than, than a lot of that other Understanding stuff. your role is so important. Uh, and And people aren't – some people – aren't designed to understand that phrase, you know? Like, I'm a great basketball player, but my bread and butter came from being a dynamic defensive player. You know, I I am not the best shooter in the world. But you know what, though? I can put somebody on lockdown any day of the week. Uh, And I think because of that... Yeah, we were actually talking about the other day, and I think this is an interesting topic. Me and my father-in-law were talking about um, the Bulls and the two times that they made their runs with Jordan, mm-hmm. how similar those teams looked. Like, take out John Paxton, put in Steve Kerr. Um, Luke Longley was there, I think, a little bit for both of them. Um, John Sally, which I didn't realize John Sally played with the Bulls back then for a little bit. Um, Dennis Rodman. Like, but how all those guys – and it's funny because all the guys that I think if I want to sit down and have a chance to talk to, of course there's Belichick and Saban. But coach-wise, the ne- all the next – like after those two, they would all be basketball coaches, which I don't even coach anybody. I don't even understand the game of basketball that well. But like it would be like um, Jackson or uh, Pop. Right. You know what I mean? Or yeah. And I tell you a guy I'd like to sit down and hear from it too is the guy that coaches the Boston Celtics that did it at Butler for a little while. What's that guy's name? Oh, gosh, he's a young guy. I know yeah. I know like one of those – like those three that. guys are like doing it. But but you look at Phil Jackson and the group that he, he acquired um, – or the group that he assembled, I guess I should say, and and won those championships, man, they look exactly alike. And a lot of those guys are role guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like Tony Kukoc was a role guy. Um, Ron Harper was a role-playing guy. Dennis Rodman was a superstar, but he was a role-playing yeah, guy. He was a superstar not because he was a basketball player. Yeah, but, but, he, was, he, but he could rebound it. Yeah, buddy. exactly. All right. And 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 when everybody was in that role that they had to they had to they had to support, uh, or everybody did what they had to do, they went well. When Jordan left and and Pippen had to take over another role, all of a sudden you see him not do as well. Now that's still there was still a playoff team. You know, one of my buddies reminds me of that when we had when we had the who's better, LeBron or Mike, conversation. But um, I was I was going to share this with you. So I posted. I was bored one day, and I posted not during my, quarantine. You were bored. Yeah, can you believe it? So I posted on my Snapchat a question, basically like, 
Which five celebrities would you like to invite to a dinner and why? Um, so I got some interesting uh, responses, but we we're talking about coaching. And this like literally made my heart happy because it has something to do with me. But just the other four coaches were like pretty like. You were in the one of the five that they wanted yeah. to talk to? And so it was Roy Williams, Bill Belichick, Phil Jackson, Nick Saban, and Chevalier Brown. <laughs> which which one of these names doesn't quite fit at this table? Well, th- that's not important. The fact that they <laughs> it's like one of kids' games. Select the answer that. <laughs> no, but I yeah, love I it. Thought it w- and I just went to like this fantasy world. Like, how awesome would that be to sit at a table with those four other phenomenal? coaches well i don't know that i would have anything to offer but i would definitely be like a sponge and yeah just there's no way i would up, talk at that you know, table but i would just be in awe the um i would talk i'd probably make a joke try to make everybody laugh that's what i can do i guess but um that is pretty cool that somebody um but I, I don't know sometimes i wonder if those guys love what they do like you can love what you do where we're at i know that it's a lot different yeah but i th- definitely think they love it yeah i, I don't know I, I think that they love it because I think the one thing that I guess if there's a common denominator is the competition because really like what coach. Yeah, but you can't care for people the way we right, care but, for people. But what coach enjoys losing? So there's pressure there every season for them. And so the, the idea or. But that's what I'm talking about. Like it becomes more of a. How would I say it? Like, because the college game's always interested me, and I think I could get probably back into the college game coaching at the college level if I wanted to. I've actually, um, I hadn't had any offers, but I had people back when I back a while ago that wanted to do. I, well, I did have an offer I turned down right after I left North Greenville, you know, um, to stay around and coach. But um, after I coached there one year, and I could have stayed around and coached then in the college level. And I've talked to some people since then, and some people have made mention, hey, man, if you want this opportunity, it may be it may be something that, that we can look into. But I just don't know that, like – because, again, it, this is no harm to anybody, but sports is so monetized. It's so dollar-driven, especially at the pro level. There's no way – I mean, Bill Belichick can care for those players, but at the end of the day, he's got to make a decision on what is is. I mean, he's got to make a, a, I mean, a, some cold, hard decisions. Right, you know, sure. um, and 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 they're just not. I couldn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe they do find fun in that. Maybe they they just understand it's what it is, and, and they can enjoy that. Uh, but but I even, still think that they love what they do. Like I think they love the aspect of coaching. I think the. Have you ever seen a touchdown? I want you to go Google Bill Belichick's reaction when they score a touchdown. Well, I don't think that's a reflection of if he loves coaching. Yeah, but I mean, golly, like that's what I'm saying. I like think I think. The level of expectations have changed at that level. I mean, you you can take a a high school football coach and a college football coach. Their responses may not be the same when there's a touchdown. They're both going to be excited. Yeah, but Belichick's not. But I I think about, like, watching big-time college coaches versus little me at the high school level coaching basketball, and I get freaking pumped when I draw up a play, an out-of-bounds play, and it works. we score, yeah. I lose my mind. But then I look at Roy Williams, and it's just like, that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. No, I, I think so. I just – I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying – I think I think you're correct, first of all. Let me say that. You're right. 
coaches do love what they do, but I just don't understand it at the same level just because, um, like, even if you look at a Saban, when a turnover happens, it don't matter what scores. He, he's fired up, man. He's, he's enjoying it. Um, and I guess that's what I like about it. And maybe that's different for different people. I'm sure it is. Um, but I just, when you, when you remove that personal element, that you can have at high school because everybody gets opportunity and you have to develop your talent. And I think that's the only difference versus recruit your talent. Um, that it allows you to invest in the kid and not the kid's ability near as much. Um, and a couple of things that like, you know, if a kid gets hurt, I mean, if a kid gets hurt in college in this career ending, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing anybody can do. Scholarship lost. It is over. Um, and just a cold, hard reality, um, which that may not necessarily be the case. At high school, you can still keep kids around. They can still be a part of the team and all that type of stuff. So I just think it's different. But anyway. That's interesting. So, Chip, thank you for uh, that wonderful email. Keep them coming. We appreciate it. Again, if you have any questions, topics, concerns that you want to address, you can always email us at catfishingcorebread34 at gmail.com. And we will be happy to respond to you. If you need a, a recipe for hash brown casserole, Candace Madden has the best recipe that I've used anyway. Candace is a listener, right? Yeah, she is a listener. She tells me uh, that. Tells me that. And she shared our post today. Did she? Good for her. Um, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Candace. Uh, she has a banging hash brown casserole recipe, wow. which if I can do it, it's easy. If you can because, do it, it can be done. Yes, because I'm not by any stretch of the imagination to cook. So I make this from time to time, and it tastes just as well as hers. So, so the real question is, what are you watching on Netflix right now? I am I'm embarrassed to say, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> you're, you're watching Tiger King. You're watching Tiger King. I actually have already finished Tiger King. Have you really? Um, yes. <laughs> um, I refuse to watch Tiger King. Uh, let, let me say, I will say this about Tiger King. It's not that it's good. It actually is really bad. It is just one of those things where... It's like the train wreck you can't quit watching. Yes, you just can't stop watching. It's like, have you ever watched Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever it is? The person that's popping these people's... Um, okay, so this is probably a little bit disgusting. But like I... Every now and then, like I will watch people like pop these... Um, Bumps. I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, and watch the mucus and pus and stuff like that. Yeah, so and stuff. Like, I'll watch that. And it's awful. It is disgusting for sure. But it's one of those things like. We're going to have can, to edit this out. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. It's stop. like you can't turn away. I cannot from turn away. No. Or like I watch people like clean like their ears, uh, all the stuff that comes oh out. Oh, my gosh. And it's just like, I cannot believe this. It's awful. But it – so that's how I describe Tiger King. Like it's just one of those things where you're asking yourself the entire time, like why am I watching this? But it's just like I got to keep watching, you know. Why am I watching this? Yeah, but you have to keep watching. Like, Click here know, for next episode. And you click, skip intro, the whole shebang, and you watch it. Because I asked, like, I asked myself when I finished, like, did I just waste yes. time yes. of my life? You did. Like, I could have yes. been doing something else, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I would tell you, if you're looking for an interesting watch 
Tiger King is definitely the show for you. It's not a long show. Maybe it's there. There are seven episodes. I think I don't really know. I don't remember. But I finished it in a day. So I did finish that. But I'm not telling you what I'm currently watching. You're not going to really. I'm. You know what? I, I I got hooked on Ozark. Which again, a viewer warning. If you're not a person that likes like drug cartel movies and foul language and and bad stuff, which I'm not like huge and all that stuff, but. Ozark is really good. I've the been story it. is amazing. Yes. It's an amazing story. Um, and that's what I, I like good stories and I can kind of deal with the rest of it, I guess, but, but it's a great story, but I've been watching that and that's, um, that's been pretty good. Did you, we, we talked about it before I watched the. I literally try not to get on Netflix because I'm like one of these people, like I can't, I don't have an addictive personality at all, except for when it comes to trying to know what's going to happen next. And like it is, that's the reason I don't play video games. Uh, I really never did. Like especially like 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 what is the game? I don't know what you, I don't even know what you call it. But like the games like where there's level one and then you beat that and then level two and you try to progress and it's a storyline. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you're trying to beat the whole game and it's this great. I can't play those because I literally will become so infatuated with trying to figure out what's going on that I will waste like eight hours a day for however long it takes to beat it or like in, in Ozarks, Amber uh, wanted me to watch Ozarks. She's like, this is a great show. You got to see it. You got to see it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. She told me for like eight months. And I finally, during this thing, I, I locked on a Netflix on my phone and I watched the first two. I watched 20 episodes of TV guys. That is 20 hours. You hear me? 20 hours. And I did it in just under 50 hours. Think about that. Under 50? under fifty hours, I got it in sleep one night. I got so enthralled in what was going on. I watched from eight o'clock till six o'clock in the morning, nonstop. And that's just the way I am. Like I get, like I get so. It's one of the things, reasons why I think I'm, I'm pretty decent as a coach because, like, I'll get so wrapped up in what's going on that, like, I won't be able to. Like, I can't do anything. It's like all I think about. And so I've had to try to compartmentalize that to get a little bit better at that, but. I did. I watched two seasons of Ozark in under 50 hours. Like, it was under two days. That's impressive. I've only done that with one show and that scandal. Oh, really? That was... Do you know what I used to love? You know, I did that one time. And when Netflix used to be on DVD... You're old. Yeah, I am. When Netflix was on DVD, I did it with with the Lost Seasons. Okay. Lost Season 7. And I watched one through six. It was disgusting how quick... I had to wait. I, you know, you get through, I don't know, you probably don't remember, but you could get like, depending on whatever package you picked, and I picked the unlimited one, you could get up to three DVDs at one time. Um, I actually hadn't, I've never known Netflix to be on a DVD. Yeah. So you just missed it. You were probably like in high school. It was probably like around 2006. When did you graduate? I graduated high school in 2003. Well, actually, I'm 54, so no. 54. Shut up. <laughs> When did you graduate high school? 2003? Yeah, 2003. So you were in college, so you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have wasted money on something like Netflix. Yeah, but money I didn't have. Yeah. But like back then, when Netflix started, you, you, you would get like, you could buy a package. You get one DVD at a time, or you could get the unlimited package, which was up to three DVDs at a time. And you could, so I got three DVDs. And before the fourth one, like I, you'd watch the DVD and then you'd send it back. Okay. And then so you could watch the other two. And you, you had a queue and you would pick what you what movies you wanted next. And if it was available, it just went to the next one. And so like, 
I literally watched the first three seasons before the fourth season showed up at my house. And it wasn't a long time for it to ship it. Um, so, like, I, I swear I am about that stuff. So I try to stay off of it. That's fair. Um, Understandable. But I'm about done with season three of Ozark now. And I think I got one more episode. So, and I started watching it like you would be. It so would probably discuss, like, two like, days ago? like, literally like five days ago, five or six days ago. Wow. Um, I don't know if that's actually accurate because I make a point. Like, I've, I try to, I don't think phones are the best things for, like, like, uh, Snellens was talking about, like, uh, I try to eliminate YouTube and all that stuff. Like, like if I'm not careful, I watch a tremendous amount. One of the things I really pay pay attention to is that uh, screen time yeah. app. Um, and one of my goals is like to always drive that number down. And I have failed on that goal as as we as on that goal. Oh, I, as, well, I think now you may see your screen time decrease because we're quarantined. But you know, when you're working, increase, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. No, decrease. I feel like it would decrease if you're if that's something that you're being diligent about. No, no, no. Uh, this is the exact opposite for me. Oh, okay. It goes up. Now that there's not something to do all the time. See, I don't think I have a lot of screen time. And I, you know, I am very. I bet you do. Media. Do you run the. Um, do you run the. But app? what I'm going to say is this when I am in my e learning mode, I literally will flip my phone face down. My yeah. music is playing. And I'm either like today, I made my office hours. Uh, virtual, so they could log on to their Chromebooks and Google Classroom and get in touch with me via Google Hangout. Yeah, um, and my music is just playing, and that's that's relaxing to me, and I feel like I'm being productive. Yeah, um, and when I'm watching Netflix, I'm telling you, I leave my phone at home some days intentionally, like don't take it with me, um, because I try my best to. Um, but I'm not that good. YouTube is a I, YouTube is like the death of me. I could watch YouTube videos. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a YouTuber. Oh, my goodness. I, I have a friend in college when we were in college. I mean, he's still one of my best friends today. But I used to get so annoyed with him because when I would go to his dorm room, he's always watching some YouTube video. So I would, like, say, or you're having another YouTube party? Like, shocker. Yeah. Like, can we go do something? No, it, I could sit ridiculous. and watch. Like, I'm growing a garden right now, and I'm working on a lot of that stuff. And I've been, I've probably watched. I would say it's probably safe to say that I've watched 10 to 12 hours of YouTube videos on gardening. But I think that's okay because you're learning how to perfect a craft. Well, maybe. So I don't but, think you're being wasteful or you're not being mindful of Yeah, your but time. when you're watching street fights, the best street fights of 2019 for the okay. same amount of time, yeah, that's, that's a, a problem. problem. You know what I mean? You, you do that? Oh, yes, golly. I love I like, love Like street fights, like live action. Yeah, like somebody's running their mouth outside the bar up. and they just get bop. Yeah. yeah, oh, I love it. Wow. I love to watch. I love to watch like the. I really like to watch the human mechanics of it. Like, is that guy? But who's about to get punched right here? You know, like when you can try to try to figure it out. And you're like, oh, that guy. Look at him. He's cracking his knuckles. Oh, he's balled up his. You better whap. Yeah, you should have seen that coming, buddy. <laughs> I love it. Or when the guy's running his mouth, like, do it, do it, do it, bonk. <laughs> you know, what? he's out. Oh, I love it. I could watch that that type of stuff. Not a big fan of watching. Or when products. I can, are them goats that can climb like the side of mountains that are straight up in the air. Yeah. They like climb up like the Hoover Dam or something like that. That is so like how do they do? I don't understand that. Why? Why is that intriguing? I don't know. I don't. I don't understand it. It's like the guy that that free climbs. Have you ever watched him? Like, he climbs without a rope. With yeah, and he says like I can't records. watch that. Dude, that literally would cause my yeah. heart rate or there, to go. Yeah, out listen. The there's a dude on YouTube it. who changes the light bulb at the top of the Empire State Building. 
Like you can watch him change the light bulb at the top of the Empire State Building. It's like a 35-minute video when he starts recording the process to change that flashing red light at the top of the Empire State Building. Without what? He No, he's he, – let's see. So he's He has to be hooked to something. He's tethered in, I think, at some point. Yeah, because – But that, he has to climb like a ladder, and I'm not sure he's tethered in when he climbs a ladder. He has to be. Well, you can watch it. I'm going to watch Dude, it. Dude, it's freaky. that would be interesting. It is – I mean, it's like – Only because I used to be ropes course certified. Did you? So I think it would be were nice. you? Oh, so you were a summer camp ropes course guy? Yeah. Oh, so, it's the worst job because – I was on the athletic staff, so at my first camp, if you were on the athletic staff, you had to be, you were the rope staff, so yeah. you had to get certified. And I remember going through training, and every last one of us had to be stuck on the zip line, and your coworkers had to save you. Yes, and it's the most uncomfortable thing ever. I remember summer camp when I was an attendee. It. The one year I went, we used to have uh, the rings. You know, where you start on the platform and you get the rings mm-hmm. and then you swing across yeah. like American gladiators and they have the rings. And so um, the guy used to always go up and they would set the, do you call it bole? What do you call that? Bole. Yeah, the harness with the rope and yeah, then yeah. that's what the other person uh-huh. would hook into. So, Slip, slap, slide. I'll never forget it. So they'll set, they would set that up. And I remember the guy that used to be our ropes course guy was like really into it. And like he would always scale this, this, this tree that they had put the – steps into or whatever he would scale it and we'd always be like dude he's climbing up like 30 feet in the air with no safety and he'd go up there and run that thing through and then come back down and then you know how they have all the parents come in one weekend on visiting day. so yeah. on visiting day when all the parents were there it's like hey uh, we're gonna set up the ropes course for you guys so i was like yeah we'd like to do the rings and so he's like okay so, so he, he puts on a harness and he climbs up and he hooks one into one little safety thing and then he climbs up a little bit more and unhooks that, hooks another one in and unhooks that and climbs a little more because the parents were there and they, of you know, it was hilarious. And you're like, and everybody's like, this. yeah, we're, no, we know what said a word. You know, everybody's, everybody's street smart enough to know you don't get him in trouble, but you're like, well, that's interesting how that works. And it took about <laughs> 10 minutes where he used to lose done in like 45 seconds. But anyway, so we sat there and watched him do it. I was like, yeah, well, the parents show up. You got to put the best foot forward, you know. One day, uh, I faked sick because I didn't want to do the ropes course because they had me stationed for the zip line. Every kid wants to do the zip line and it's just like so miserable. So I was like, you know what? It was right after rest hour. So I was like, I'm going to text my boss and tell him I'm sick and have pollen in my eyes, sinus infection to, coming on. To miss out on the zip line. Oh, it was awful. So one thing about summer camp I don't want to do again, and that's ropes course. Yeah. We need to have some good summer camp stories. Oh, that would be great. I don't know if anybody here. They might not enjoy it here. but (laughs) Anyway, well, that's our our hour. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Again, send your emails. Send your emails. They're so awesome. Send your text message. If you got my number, send your text message. Um, Let us know how how it's going for you um, as we continue to grow this thing, and we're excited about the performance. Uh, don't don't get complacent for us though share 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 post it post it on all your instagram twitter facebook um yeah because we're on our way y'all we're gonna be you're gonna be the guys that 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 that, that knew us yeah when we we're gonna get we're gonna 2000 have our, own, our own studio yeah we're gonna have people over it's gonna be great so thank you again for listening for liking and continue to share remember you can always email us at catfishingcornbread34 at gmail.com, gmail.com.